0: Wonderful. Um, today, my message is the last in the series on transformation, and I, and as I have the same title that Oliver used a couple of weeks ago, um, partially because I'd begun preparing this message quite a while back, and originally Oliver had a, a different title to his message, but uh, God knows what's best, and so um, we, we had a different title um, initially, and so mine's the same as his. Next week, Jill begins the transition to, and can you believe it, to Advent, um, which begins on the 28th of November. I mean, it's silly to start talking about Christmas, but we, we're almost there. So today, my message is titled, Transformed by Love. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would just come and use me to bring your word to us, your, your children, that we hear from you this morning and you speak into our hearts. Each one of us will hear what you want to say to us. Thank you, Lord, that you know us individually and you speak to us individually. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. In July this year, Jill and I celebrated 36 years of being married. It's not a major one. Not a landmark one, but every year of marriage is a celebration. Now when I speak about how long I've been married to some of the youngsters that I work with at Gallo Glass, they are amazed. Um, Many of them come from broken homes where often they were very young when their folks got divorced or split up as they weren't married in the first place. Um, Most of the, the, the people I work with are younger than our kids. Um, and for those whose folks are still married their folks are only heading towards 20 or 25 years of marriage um, and it's, it's to, to sell, tell them we've been married over 36 years many of them are quite surprised to some people we still have a number of years to go till we really make it we've done the 25 and 30 year celebrations and the next is 40 years for us and then 50 years Anything beyond this is a real bonus. Um, I would love to celebrate 60 years together, but that's a long way off. And I won't tell you how old Jill would be if that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She'd be getting ready to get a letter from the Queen, should I say. Okay. Being married has changed me. It has made me a better person. Statistics say that married men live longer than unmarried men. They are more socially adept and aware. And their negotiation skills are better than single men. If you've got to negotiate with your wife, you've got to get good at it. So, yeah, your negotiation skills are better than single men. Now, having Jill at my side and being alongside her has meant that I've had to change. It, is, it has been a choice, not by force or coercion, Love has changed me. Did I fall in love with Jill when I first met her? No. I don't think I ever fell in love with Jill. Now, before you go crazy, hear me out first. Do I love Jill? Definitely. With all my being. There were aspects of Jill that attracted me and interested me when I first met her. That I learned to love about her. But I never fell in love with her. If I fall in love, I can also fall out of love. And that is the problem in the world today when it comes to relationships. People fall in love with aspects of a person they meet, but once the initial excitement has worn off and the thrill of it wears off, and they get to know the person a whole lot better, they find things in that person that they struggle with, and then they fall out of love. I had to choose to love Jill. Now, it wasn't difficult to do that, but it was a choice. It was a choice I had to make. Now, I've said it many times before, and I'll say it again, quoting from a song by Don Francisco, love is not a feeling, it's an act of your will. If you've never listened to Don Francisco, look on, look on um, YouTube and look for his live album. There's, there's wonderful, wonderful stuff, to, wonderful wisdom and scripture sung out by him. But love is not a not a feeling it's an act of your will. We have to choose to love. And I've chosen to love Jill. In that choosing to love her I've been changed and transformed. If I had not changed we would not be here 36 years later very happily married. The change or transformation has happened because of what is central to our marriage. Or, should I say, the change or transformation has happened because of who is central to our marriage? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is central to our marriage, and we made him central to our marriage when we committed ourselves to one another. One of the verses I love to share when I do a wedding is Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. When Jesus is not central to a marriage, it is two, it's a two-stranded cord that is very easily broken. Rope makers will tell you that the strongest rope is a three-stranded rope because each strand lies alongside the other two. And if one of them is torn, the other two hold it together even though it can be cut through. Jesus is the third strand in our marriage. He chose to love us, and he binds us together. Jesus demonstrated that love by dying on the cross for us, for you and for me. But everyone in this world is the reason why Jesus went to the cross. Not just me, not just you, but everyone. He died for everyone. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. John 15:13. And we saw that. Um, today is Remembrance Sunday. When we remember those who laid down their lives for others during wartime. Initially, Remembrance Sunday was to remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice during the Great War of 1914, 1918. And then added to that, those who perished during the Second World War. And now it is for those men and women, plus those who have peri- uh, women who have perished in all subsequent battles and wars that have raged on ever since and are still raging on. There's still battles going on, wars being fought. Many sacrifice their lives out of love, love for their family, love for their friends, and love for their country. Love transforms us. It changes us. We see it when people fall in love. They are a changed person. They do things that sometimes might be completely out of character um, for them. And is always put down to being in love. Just as people change when they fall in love, so they change when they fall out of love. They stop doing the things they did when they first fell in love. They revert back to their old ways when they fall out of love. They live for themselves and neglect the one they fell in love with. That is the difference between man and God. God did not fall out of love with man when man turned his back and rejected God's commands. God chose to love man despite all that man did in rejecting him. Even before the time of the rejection, God already chose to love man, to love you and to love me. And he had a plan already prepared to make a way for us to come back to him. He loves us so much that he was prepared to make the ultimate sacrifice. God's love is greater than anything else in the world. And it is God's love that transforms us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 I think we all know that verse. And if we and man had loved the way God had loved, we would not be having a remembrance Sunday. We wouldn't be remembering those who perished in war. Because there would be no wars if we loved one another as God has commanded us to love. When we come to understand what God has done for us through Jesus Christ, how he demonstrated his love for us by dying on the cross to pay the price of our sins, and then conquering death through his resurrection and so removing sin from us. When we understand this, then we can know Jesus as Lord and Savior. God chose to love us, and he demonstrated his love for us through the death, burial, and resurrection of his Son, Jesus Christ. It is this love of God that trans- transforms us in the same way that transformed Saul to Paul. Now, do we all know the account of Saul and his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus to persecute the Christians or the followers of the way, as they were known then? Those living in Damascus. Paul was on his way to Damascus to go and persecute them, to pull them into jail and get some of them stoned to death or however they were going to kill them. Saul was a a religious fanatic. He was Jewish and a religious fanatic, persecuting the new Christians because he believed that they were disobeying the law. And claiming Jesus as the Son of God. I'm not going to read the whole account but I want to pick out a portion of it. In Acts chapter 9 verses 10 to 19, in Damascus there was a, d- a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a, in a vision. Ananias, yes Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has come here with the authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on, on his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Ananias obeyed God because he loved God. He knew who Saul was and why he had come to Damascus. And despite what he knew about Saul, what he knew about God was what made him obey God. Overcame his fear of Saul. And he went and laid his hands on Saul and prayed for him. Ananias knew God's love and listened to God and did what was asked of him. He had experienced Jesus as Lord and Savior. He knew the transforming power of God's love. He had experienced it and knew that God's love could transform Saul from being a religious fanatic to a righteous follower of Jesus Christ. What would have been the outcome if Ananias had had not been obedient and not gone to pray for Saul? Would Saul have been blind for the rest of his life? And then two-thirds of of the New Testament would not have been written? Or would God have used someone else to do what was needed to be done? God's transforming power, uh, transforming love, compelled Ananias to obey God and go and pray for Saul. Saul became Paul. He traveled most of the, the known world at that time and took the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, wherever he went, to all those who would listen to him. God's love transforms us if we allow him into our lives. Without his love, we are nothing. Paul writes about this in his first letter to the people of Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 to beginning of verse 8. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, it can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Without love, we are nothing. We have to choose to love. We choose to love God first and foremost And then that makes it so much easier to to love our spouse and our children, our family and our friends and one another. When we try to do this without God, we have to do it in our own strength or willpower. And that is difficult. It can be demanding at times. I want to finish off by going back to the first portion of Scripture that I read in John 15. But put it into context and read a longer portion of the scripture. So John chapter 15 verses 9 to 17. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. This is Jesus speaking. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learnt from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, love each other. We are commanded by Jesus to love each other as he has loved us. When we know the love of Jesus, it is easy to love each other. If we want to see this world changed, where there's no crime, corruption, wars, and destruction, we need to be sharing the love of Christ with those around us so that they can be transformed by Christ's love and share that same love with those around them so that it becomes an ever-increasing circle of love spreading around the world. Has your life been transformed by the love of Jesus Christ? If not, now is the time to do it. Today is the day to choose Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and have your life transformed by love. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you love us and you demonstrate your love to us through Jesus. Help us to be more like him, to live our lives in a way that demonstrates our love for you, and through that, our love for others. Thank you, Father. Amen. We're going to have some discussion questions. They come up, coming up now, for those who are online. I'm just going to read them through first, then we'll stop the the online um, service, and you'll go on to Zoom. And um, you can join in on Zoom and look at the, the questions there. They'll come up. So... The questions are, what has stood out for you in this message, and why? Secondly, how has knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior affected your thoughts and actions towards other people? Thirdly, are there any people that you struggle to love? If yes, what do you think the cause of this is? And then fourthly, pray for one another. So let's uh, gather around the tables, and uh, these questions will stay up here for those online. We're going to go onto the Zoom Zoom call, and then it'll take us a bit of time to get that set up, and then we'll get those questions up for you. Thank you, Lord.